Hello and welcome to the E-Team Podcast. These are conversations with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country that provide insight and encouragement. For more information about this podcast and any and all resources provided by the E-Team, please visit us at eTeam-inc.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to another session uh, of the E-Team podcast. We like to label sometimes as E-Talks, and uh, this is going to be session two, kind of an extension of a conversation that we had with Joseph Perry, who's a pastor, author, leader, and um, just a founding member of a nonprofit organization called the Serve Initiative, which is an incredible, holistic um, nonprofit that is just really putting their efforts and mission on Christian reform movement in in cities and in nations and in people. Uh, And so I just want to encourage you, if you're tuning in at this point and in session two, go back and listen to session one and just hear some of the great things and encouraging, insightful information uh, that Joseph was sharing with us. But Joseph, thanks for joining us again for session two. And uh, I just want to pick up to where we left off. I mean, you you told us about uh, the Serve Initiative and what you guys are doing and and how you guys are uh, creating these like seminars, these think tanks, these training sessions of just uh, speaking into what it means to be a kingdom advancer in, in everything that we do. And it's not just the church, uh, leading this whole movement, but no, it's, it's actually the whole seven mountain principle that we talked about. And so you guys, um, I just encourage you to go back and you may want to stop this and go back, listen to session one and then pick this up. But so let's jump right back in. Um, so you shared about the uh, servants just real quick, just highlight, um, kind of what you guys are doing. And then I, then I want you to talk about, cause we didn't hit that in session one of how does someone get plugged into your organization? Um, how, what are you, what are some of the things that they can come alongside and support and how can they be a part of some of these, these, uh, training sessions? Sure. Um, yeah, so we yeah we do these training sessions and we bring in speakers and trainers to help them understand uh, to learn about how to break into um, well, I shouldn't say break into how to disciple people uh, your city your nation through an institution through uh, education uh, media government etc. Uh, and then we have these trainers that come in and provide practical tools on how to do this uh, how to get engaged how to start how to build relationships and provide solutions and such. Um, and so yeah so that's some of the big thing there that we're doing and um, as far as um, uh, as far as getting engaged so our website is serveinitiative.org um, and you can go there and you can uh, sign up to uh, you know get on our newsletter get our, receive our newsletter that'll keep you uh, kind of posted up to date on what we're doing um, and uh, there's some articles there we're you know slowly building up the content on that site uh, to be a resource for people to learn to to really shift their thinking uh, from just revival to also reformation you know which is how you keep a revival uh going uh and so yeah serveinitiative.org uh and then um you can go to our facebook page which has uh, other content as well uh always new content going up um whether that's a video or or something and um and uh, that is just facebook.com slash backslash serve initiative Uh, so you can follow us there which is good and then, um, and then Reformation takes money. 
Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to, um, I, I've, I heard uh, somebody say one time that if you wanted to really transform an institution, like a whole, like a whole institution, so you could probably do it with about a billion dollars. And, um, but there are just, there is so much we can do if everybody gets involved, gives a little and goes after it. Uh, you can go to serveinitiative.org and right on the homepage, there's a little, a little heart how you can give and you can become a monthly donor and that will help fund reformation. It'll actually fuel reformation, help us do these events. And so by uh, staying in tune with us and what we're doing, you'll see when we're doing events either in, here in Hampton Roads, Virginia, um, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, uh, or online uh, as we do that. Great. And what's kind of the makeup of some of the people that have been attending these groups? I'm imagining it's pastors, marketplace leaders, kind of the whole gamut, right? Yeah, we've had a, yeah, we've got um, uh, people who, you know, run magazines, uh, Christian Magazine, Kingdom, Kingdom-based magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got marketers, people with marketing websites. We have uh, people who have even seven, some Seven Mountain websites where they try to get out articles by different people in there. Uh, we've got pastors and just a wide mix of people, business mm-hmm. owners, educators, teachers, uh, who like to come out for these events. That's just cool. a wide array because it really does, you know, this isn't just for some people. This is for everybody. Right. Like everybody is called to this. Yeah, that's good. Well, hey, let's jump in. I mean, I mentioned before that you're an author. You're working on a book right now. Um, kind of give me a, a kind of give us a little bit of inspiration and story behind like what's been going on. Um, someone just don't wake up in the morning and start writing a book. Um, it's been years and years of just the Lord uh, revealing to you, developing in you, all the research and all that. So um, give us a little insight, a little sneak peek. I don't want to give it away too much, sure. but a little sneak peek <clears throat> of uh, the book that's um, kind of brewing up inside of you. Yeah. So I'm writing a book on the fivefold gifts. Um, and I, and essentially the framework, it's sort of a fivefold or an apostolic framework that you need. Uh, if you are, if the church is ever going to become ever, what it's supposed to be. Um, the church is the church and its leadership, most of its leadership, and this is not this is not a criticism, merely a, an observation or a critique, because um, we have to be honest with ourselves about where we are. You know, we have to have metrics to know if we're doing well. Um, we're really operating at like 25, 30% of who we are and what we're called to. It's very low, um, which is actually really good news. So that means that we can come way up in our effectiveness and in our impact on discipling nations, on blessing our cities, on transforming culture, and that's what we're called to. Um, and so uh, I don't remember exactly when I started writing this book or uh, I guess I could check some of my dates, but uh, I don't remember exactly when or if I even knew I was writing a book when I started. You know, you start taking notes and writing things down. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I remember, uh, it, I think the inspiration, or at least my journey into the fivefold, uh, went back to my first year uh, at uh, Bible College where I was sitting there with a, you know, one of the advanced students and, uh, and someone said something, someone used the word apostle in a sentence and I said, what's an apostle? And he said, that's the question. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and now that was back in 97, so that was 23 years ago. Uh, and um, <clears throat> well, I, nobody ever gave him the answer, at least not, not early on. 
Um, and so, you know, through a succession of events, I found myself trying harder and harder to figure out not just what an apostle is, but what is this whole fivefold thing? Because I sensed a call of God on my life to the ministry. I knew it was different. I knew it was, I hate to say unorthodox, but it was just out of the ordinary of what I was seeing and hearing um, and uh, in a lot of places. And and I, I kept reading Ephesians 4.11, which says that um, God, that Christ gave these gifts to the church, and they are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They were given to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, uh, basically, in short, to build up the body of Christ so that it becomes as mature as Christ. And that's something that's supposed to happen here on the earth. That's not something in heaven. That's a non-issue in heaven. So I started writing this book, and... Uh, uh, like you said, I'm probably 80-90% done on it, and it's really to provide people with a framework because without this framework, um, our church leadership leadership structures are wrong. Um, they're just not as good as they can be, um, and so whatever effectiveness we've achieved now, it's going to go through the roof. I mean, we're gonna, the thing is, when you introduce the apostolic gift. Leader, it's a, it's a, they are all leadership equipping gifts. And when you introduce the apostolic, all the limits come off. The, when we talk about a friend of mine who's a, a business guy, um, he used this phrase in one of his articles, infinite scalability. When you introduce the apostolic gift, the leadership to a church, to a business, to an industry or an institution, to whatever you're doing, uh, you achieve infinite scalability. Um, uh, you don't achieve it, but it, it, make, it creates the potential for that. Um, and so that's what we're going for, an impact that has no end. And this is biblical. We see this in Isaiah, and it says that uh, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. We're talking, we're talking unlimited potential for the church. Um, and so it's going to just, it's going to heal a lot of things in the church and people, including pastors are going to be, um, they're going to become far less burdened. Uh, burnout is going to become a thing of the past for pastors. Um, and, uh, we're going to move from a one man ministry model to a team model, not just a pastoral team, but an apostolic team, which includes all five. Right. So just in the conversations you and I've had, um, you have a unique gift of within the first few minutes of sitting down with someone, kind of identifying what their unique gift set is when it comes to the fivefold, correct? Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a gift or not. I mean, I think it's part discernment, and right. I think it's uh, part lots of learning and observation um, because whatever your gift is um, – People often mistake that for a function. They often say, well, apostle is just a function. Pastor or shepherd is just a function. Teacher is a function. It's actually not just a function. It actually starts as a grace. And the reason the grace is important is because, um, so it doesn't, it's not a function. It is a grace and the grace has a function. So the grace has an expression or a function, a way that you actually do that gift, the way you walk that out. But that grace actually is a lens, um, which creates, it, it determines how you see. Um, it determines what you see when you read the Bible. That's why an evangelist, a pastor, an apostle, a teacher, they all read and, and understand the Great Commission differently 
based on their lens. And the church has adopted certain lenses about how we do things, how we fulfill the Great Commission, what we focus on in evangelism and all in and, and church and everything. And, we, and we've siloed out all the gifts and we usually ignore the gifts of apostle and prophet and we focus just on the, the three kind of acceptable ones that we think we understand, but we need to re-understand them in the light of, of a five-fold framework. Um, and so when I listen to people, I'm hearing their lens, I'm hearing the value system that their lens created, and then from that, I'm able to um, determine the type, if they're a pastor, I can determine the, the type of culture that they're building in their church, because apostles build different cultures than pastors versus teachers. Um, so when you get in a, you know, uh, they all want to get everybody in a, in the sanctuary, but they do different things in that sanctuary. So the shepherd, they build communities. So they turn every sanctuary into a living room, but a teacher wants to instruct everybody. So they turn every sanctuary into a classroom. The prophet wants to restore intimacy between the Lord and the church. So he turns it into a bedroom. So it's all different in, in how we're running our churches, which determines the type of people that we're turning out. And while we need all five, and while you can't, you're not going to have all five in every church, the goal is to get the influence of all five in every church because Jesus gave us five gifts to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, which would make them fully mature, which means if you take away even one of those, then we are stunting their growth and they'll never reach maturity and they'll never be fully equipped. And if a church or pastor or any type of staff member is listening to this and they want to have you kind of come and do an evaluation, assessment, things like that, you, you're speaking into your work. You're doing that currently, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if churches need consulting for that mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to walk through that process, it takes time. Uh, we can introduce the framework fairly quickly and help them get a good, uh, good, get a good grip on that, but to start implementing what that looks like and then to know the right kind of people to bring in alongside uh, that and build those, those aspects out, the prophetic aspect of the culture, the shepherding aspect, the teacher, et cetera. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we help with that. <laughs> So how is, how would someone get in contact with you about that? Because I know that's kind of separate than the serve initiative. Yeah, well, one thing they can do is they can go to my website. It's fivefoldlabs.com and just, you know, fill out something, the uh, the contact form, you know, about what you're looking for. Um, you can also just email me. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can email me uh, at joseph.b as in boy, perry, P-E-R-R-Y, at gmail.com. So joseph.b bperry at gmail.com. And I would love to get in touch with you. I love to help pastors and churches and leaders. Yeah, great. Man, I, we can't thank you enough for taking time to meet with us. And in closing, just one final one final question. Um, you know, what piece of advice would you give? If you could give one piece of advice to um, to someone to, to encourage or just to give them some inspiration, um, uh, advice, um, what would you give to like a, a young, inspiring leader, uh, an individual that uh, that are in the marketplace leadership and or any leaders that are just on the edge of burnout and just ready to kind of to give in? Because um, you, men- you mentioned that in session one, how you were just feeling the weight yeah. and how the grace was lifted. Yeah. Um, what's one little piece of advice that you would give 
either those three or one of the three? Somebody gave me a prophetic word a number of years ago. They said uh, that man has been trying to put upon you that which you must not do. And back when I was trying to figure out, Lord, what are you calling me to? Am I a pastor or teacher, apostle, evangelist, prophet? What am I? And uh, because I feel like I know what you want me to do, but I don't really understand what any of these things are. You know, I was still in the process of learning at the time and and I'm still learning. Um, And the Lord told me, he said, just do what I tell you to do. Um, and, uh, he said, just do what I tell you to do and you'll, you'll end up there. You'll arrive there. Like it'll take care of itself. So, um, really you just, we all just need to aim for Jesus, um, in everything that we're doing, make sure that he's the center of it and not try and do all the things that we feel we ought to do, but find out what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do and not do. And make sure you walk according to that because he's got a way, you know, the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And I see him like a father, you know, when a child's learning to walk, reaching down and grabbing the child's legs and moving them one step at a time so that he's, he's guiding every step, even though they don't know what they're doing, they're just kind of stumbling along. I see the Lord doing that. And I was in a, uh, I was, I was at a sub shop one day and I saw this, uh, this father with his little girl. Um, I think she was probably two years old and two, two and a half. And as they're exiting the store, he tells the child that the, the door was too heavy for the child to open, but he said, he said, open the door. And she leaned over and she put her hands on the door and she couldn't open it. And then the father reached over and put his hand on the door. Uh, and, and he said, push, push hard. And she she gave it all, you know, her all at two and a half. And, but the father's the one that pushed the door open. And so if we do the things that he's telling us to do and leave the other stuff alone, not only will we arrive at our place, but we'll do it in his grace and in his strength. And he's, and, and what the father said to her that day, when, when she felt like she pushed it open and he's the one that did all the heavy lifting, he looked at her and he said, good job. So the father is still looking to cheer us on, to praise us for the work that we're doing. And he's doing all the heavy lifting. Wow, that's good. That, that takes me back to session one when you spoke of that. And when you started to felt like the weight and everything was just coming down on you. Did you have some people like that were surrounding you that helped kind of speak into you? Because I've been there. I've been there in that situation where I just felt like I was spinning my wheels. And yeah. there was just weight. Um, tell us a little bit of what, what were the practical things that you started to notice or did people speak into you to really start to see that? Cause in many of those cases and maybe not in yours, but in mine, like I couldn't see it. Yeah. It was just blind spots for me and I just couldn't see it. What? A, yeah. One of the, <clears throat> I really did not have people around me. Like I knew people, but I didn't have people that were really, you know, mentoring me or speaking into me at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and I would say that is a huge, uh, thing. You definitely need people, you know, coaching or mentoring you or something. Uh, somebody who, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't matter how much experience you have, how much wisdom or knowledge you have, you have a blind spot. 
And so you need somebody, it's got a good friend or a coach or something who can see the things that you are just blind to because like I said before, you know, you, when you're in the middle of it, you can't see, um, you can't see the 30,000 foot view. There's something you're blind to. So definitely look for those people, ask God for those people. Uh, to connect with the right people, um, <clears throat> and it may just be a friend. It could be your, it could be your actual dad, a spiritual dad, a pastor, or whatever. Um, and uh, I forgot the other thing <laughs> that you uh, asked me about. Well, just in that area, in that moment, what are some things you started to feel that weight, and and you're able to see it? So I just uh, all the things that had be had been easy for so long became really difficult, and you need to know that you have permission to to walk away from, from things that you need to, you want to have discernment to recognize when God is closing a door on a season and it doesn't matter. I mean, there's going to come a point at some time in your life when you're doing exactly what God told you to do and you're going to want to quit and he's going to, he, he may, he will also, there's a, there's points where you want to quit and then there's points where it looks like the death of the vision. The same thing happened with Abraham. He gives him the promised son that he waited 13 years for, and then he says, go sacrifice him. And here he is thinking, you know, I don't know why he's going to ask me to do this, but he, I mean, there's a reason he's the father of, of our faith because he was willing to be obedient and do that if it came down to it. And it doesn't say, later on when you're reading about it in Hebrews, it doesn't say that he knew that God would give him another son. It said that he was confident that God would raise Isaac from the dead. He knew, so when God tells you uh, to do something, you're thinking, well, there's no way God can resurrect this. Um, There's actually a... If you've seen, uh, well, I don't want to, well, there's one of the James Bond movies. Uh, the the villain asked James Bond, a character, he said, do you have any hobbies? And his response is, resurrection. And it's the coolest line in the whole movie, I think. And um, and so uh, that's really, that's what Jesus does. He is the resurrection and he resurrects things. Our life, the visions that he gives us, and we have to be able to trust him even when he's willing to put those things down. And one, there was one pastor that had uh, given me a piece of advice a couple of years prior, maybe a year or two prior, where I said, I don't want to be a failure. And he said, uh, he said, just because you close something or stop something doesn't make you a failure. It's like quitting, like giving up and not doing anything that, you know, like that's kind of failure. But what we call failure or what we call making mistakes, God calls learning. You know, so it's all part of the process. How did you know, like, um, are you just, you just knew God was moving you like, cause there's, there's a point in everyone. If you, you listen to a lot of leadership talks, there's a point in every success that they were on the verge of letting go and, and failing. And the, the, the line of failure and success is so, so close. And so many people don't step over that line. How did you kind of d- discern whether or not, you know, you were about on the point of breakthrough? Yeah. Well, the, or well for shifting. me, for me, it's like, uh, after my vision and clarity returned and I was ready to move forward with the church, people started, there were some people that started leaving and I'm thinking, wouldn't this make you want to stay if I, and, uh, and, but, and there are people that just, they won't go with you on the next leg of the journey, you know? So some of that was that stuff I didn't understand at the time. Um, because I'm, you know, but, but our, our goal as 
leaders is to send people out, equip them, develop them, and release them to go. But um, uh, so for me, it was like the grace lifted. Everything became difficult and hard, and I thought, I'm failing. God, I can't do this. Um, and, uh, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, honey, I've got to put this down. Like, I felt like it was going to, like it could kill me like emotionally or psychologically or something. I'm like, I've got to put this down. And, uh, and she didn't understand it because she, she wasn't carrying it like I was. It wasn't her burden to carry. It was mine. And I had had the grace from the Lord to carry it. But what I noticed is that if you've ever carried like a really heavy piece of furniture with a couple other guys and one of them lets go to go get the door or something to get to, for you to keep walking, um, all of a sudden the couch feels like it, it just increased weight by a hundred pounds and that which had been easy becomes hard. And so I started making this decision. Like, I'm like, listen, I think we have to let this go. Uh, I, I'm like, I just, like, I, I just knew that I couldn't, like, there was nothing in me that said you can continue this. And so I started to wrestle with those. Am I being a failure? Am I, am I losing? And maybe it was, as I was making the decision or cause we took like three months to shut down and we just slowed down and we told people, okay, every other week from here till this date, when we're going to have our last meeting, I want you to go visit another church. I want you to get used to it. I, I want you to take the time to experiment, to try that, to, to try and hear God about where you need to be because whatever he has for you in this next season, you can't get from me. I've given you what I have. Um, and, uh, and I was only one fivefold later than needed the others. And, um, and so I think it was after I made that decision that I just started hearing the Holy Spirit tell me that, um, because all, like once I made the decision, I was happy. I, I, I didn't feel the burden. I didn't feel anxiety or the weight. And, um, I had an expectation of the goodness of God and I had no, we had no idea what we were moving into, but we knew that God was in it. And that somehow God would turn it around. And um, so I think it was just having that relationship with God and the Holy Spirit that made that possible. That's good, man. Joseph, I can't thank you enough for taking um, now two sessions of time. Been so gracious with your time. And thank you so much for that. And we really appreciate all you guys, all the listeners out there. Thank you for taking time. Thanks again for listening in. We really hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about our podcast and other resources provided by the E-Team, please visit us online at eteam-inc.com.